Blog Talk Radio. You're now listening to Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college shooters do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more, talking sports, uh, yes we do, talking sports, uh, Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up to talk some sports. A Friday in April, are you ready? Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, shoot us some emails, today at gmail.com. We're covering everything. Check out rayandtaytoday.com. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, iTunes, back episodes, a lot of fun. We'd love to talk sports with friends. Listen, we'll clean up some of the college basketball, the champs, have some fun with that, even the rumors with Jay Wright. We'll give you some of the, the, the updates with the Masters, give you Ray and Taste picks. We didn't get to do that on Monday. Then we're going to hit you real fast and furious with some crazy questions all over the sports world. NBA, a little bit of baseball, and some NFL news. Ray's favorite coach got an extension. Ray, we got to tip our hat. We'll get to the UConn women and their dominance. But with that championship game and what our Tar Heels did to sort of get back and Paige hitting that shot, you just felt like, wow, they're going to overtime and they're going to win. And then the shot from the heavens from Chris Jenkins with the great pass from the MOP. What were your thoughts about what Ryan and Chris did at the end of the game to just take, take the, the breath out of Tar Heel Nation and college basketball fans, including Michael Jordan courtside? Just, it was just uh, incredible. What, what were your thoughts about the game? Great game and a great ending. So it was really a tale of two halves. I thought Carolina dominated the first half but it was fool's gold because Carolina hit seven of nine threes and they're the worst three-point shooting team of all major teams in the country. Mm -hmm. So Carolina's strength is getting the ball inside, dominating the boards, which they actually did. But I give Villanova credit. Their defense frustrated Carolina. They made Carolina go too quickly, and they made Carolina settle for jumpers, which Carolina hit in the first half and didn't hit in the second half. And – the end of the first half, Justin Jackson, I thought, missing that layup to go up nine or potentially ten. Instead, they were only up five at the half. I thought that was a big turning point. But great, great second half. I have to say that that was one of the better, you know, what do you call it, last five minutes of the game. People don't realize anymore. Carolina came back from ten down. You don't do that in a final game to come back from ten down with three, four minutes to go in the game. So, Great pressure by Carolina, great heart by Carolina, but ultimately Villanova was the better team. And Ryan Archidiacono, the senior, drove the ball, and everybody thought he'd, he'd shoot it. And the trailer, Chris Jenkins, just rained it. He said, when I step into the gym, I think I'm going to hit it. So Ray, his did. confidence and his swag was crazy. That was Yeah, he's swag-delicious. That, he's that, that right there was Kevin Walker and Benson. It's right. Well, I'll say this. You can't have Bryce Johnson only getting 10 shots. He shot six for 10. We did not really attack enough inside. I think we got a little excited with the jumper. And I think we gave Villanova opportunities for such confidence. We went on that streak where, uh, I don't know, it was like five, six minutes where we scored like one point. We didn't do anything. And You know, I give them a lot of credit. You're right. It was back and forth with the swings. But at the end of the day, in a very good game, it had an excellent ending. And remember, we said it on the preview show, and I even mentioned it. You know, we both picked our Tar Heels. I thought it would be closer than you did, but we both went with our Tar Heels. But I said, Villanova, it's just like, you know, Rasheed Wallace said, the ball don't lie. They just look like a team of destiny. And, you know, so so it be. Uh, yet, you know, lo and behold, it was true, and they did it. Now, with the women, 
it's not much to say. Syracuse tried as good as they could. I, I tip my hat to UConn and to Gino. I don't know if I go so far to say that Brianna Stewart, pound for pound, is the best player ever. I mean, I, I've seen Shamika Cumming, uh, Cummings, Leslie, Cheryl Swoops, who just got in the Hall of Fame, Lisa Leslie, um, uh, Shamika Hoshfaw, Maya Moore, uh, Swin Cash. There's a lot of great. Diana Tarazi. Tarazi, Brittany Griner. I mean, so I don't know if Stewart, she's the most. And this is what somebody said, like kind of like what you were talking about uh, last episode about Leitner, right? The most accomplished player. There's no debate. It is Brianna Stewart. Yeah, for sure not she's sure. the most accomplished. Yeah, not sure pound for pound if she's the best. I'd say she's probably top top five, but I don't. I can't just say she's number one. We have to see what she does in the WNBA as well, and how she matches up there with some of these other girls that are you know playing in the pros. So, a good win for them. So with the men, the rumors about Jay Wright, he kind of put him to squash today. I don't know what you thought about that in terms that he's going to stay Villanova, but the Phoenix Suns were potentially going to go after him. Do you think that he should stay in Villanova, or do you think that he could do well at a, at a Phoenix or a Memphis or, you know, New Orleans, one of these, I don't know, one of these jobs? What are your thoughts about uh, Jay Wright potentially in the NBA? You're always You're wary always when, wary a, college when a college coach goes to the pros, and very, and very rarely, rarely has, it has it succeeded. You look at Patino, you look at Calipari, and they had much more success with college. Jay Wright, though, I think, is the type of guy that could potentially have a decent run in the pros. I just feel like he's he's a player's coach, and people like him, and he carries himself. He's a student of the game. And yeah. he doesn't seem too college if you know what I mean. I feel like he could succeed on on almost any level. You know, I want to see go to the pros, speaking of – I want to see, I want to see Gino Auriemma. Ooh. I want to see Gino Auriemma coach in the NBA. Now, that's fascinating. But Jay Wright could – I believe he I could. I think Jay Wright would be a great coach. he's one of right? those guys. You're right. I think he has the temperament, the personality – the dedication, the the relatability, the the passion. I think he would be a great NBA coach. Um, looking forward next year, you look at these recruits. I you know I, I threw it out there. Could Villanova repeat? I don't think so. When you see what uh, McDonald's kids and the Dukes and the Kentuckys are bringing in, it is going to be oof. And UNC will have guys coming back. Louisville will be back in the mix. I think Villanova is going to have a rough road, not in the Big East, but they might have a rough road in terms of competing with, you know, even just Kansas, Michigan State, and, and obviously Duke Yeah, and no Carolina. chance. I don't even think they'll be a top 10 team when it's all said and done. Uh, they'll barely be a top 20 team. Villanova, you know, they're going to lose some of these guys to the pros. Uh, Archie Diacono is the heart and soul of that team. He's going to go. Um, I don't know if Hart and Jenkins and everybody else is staying. Um, right. They obviously have eligibility. But, yeah, Villanova is a, a – I would believe Jenkins and Hart would come back, but maybe Jenkins wants to jump on uh, – because you know what? I like the new rule, and you saw Calipari had all his kids declare, because you can declare, and then 10 days after the Chicago Combine, you can return back to college as long as you don't sign with an agent. And I think that that's such a good job by college doing that. Um, it's long overdue, and I think that that's fair. You know what I mean? That's how it should be. These kids can see yeah, what Yeah, these kids test the waters, because, you know, you end up making this decision based on what somebody whispers in your ear, and frankly... I'm kicking flavor in your air. And people tell you what they want to tell you because they want you to be go sign with an agent. They want you to sign your sneaker deal. But only, you know, 15 people get drafted top 15. You know what I mean? <laughs> so some of these other kids that are thought to be, you know, maybe they, they, they position themselves and rank themselves higher than they actually are. So you're right. I think it's a, it's a, it's a huge thing. I think college college football should do the same. You know, I think that's, you should be able to go idea. to a combine. In college, a little different because you've got to put in your three years of eligibility anyway, so it's really only right, juniors right. going back to for their senior year or maybe, you know, third-year guys, fourth-year guys, and if you're a fifth-year redshirt. But 
give these kids more data. Give these kids more information. I feel like they're making decisions, and they don't have all the information that's out there. Well, I'll talk about some information. We've got two days of the masters basically in the books, and the information that I'm hearing is that Jordan Spieth is no joke, and the boy is coming to get get his uh, back-to-back green jackets. Give us an update with the Masters, Ray. You and I haven't officially made our picks. Uh, you know, I can't change it now because I'm telling you straight up, I was always going with Jason Day, but right now he's not looking so hot. Give us the leaderboard and tell us what's happening at the Masters in Augusta. Great yeah, tournament. your boy Jason Day is plus one, so that's five uh-huh. strokes behind the leader. Jordan Speed is the leader. With- Representing the 22-year-old representative US and A, uh, right behind him, one stroke behind was Rory McIlroy, and at two under, there's Danny Lee and Scott Piercy are right behind him, and then it starts to bunch up. You got a bunch of guys at three guys at minus one, Snedeker, Nielsen, and Matsuyama, and then. Six guys at even par, including Sergio Garcia, Danny Willett, Dustin Johnson, and the amateur. The amateur. Bryson DeChambeau. So it's a Great very name. tight leaderboard. There are, let's count them up. There are, if you include the plus ones, which would be five strokes behind Justin Spieth, right? There are 30. Jordan, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Jordan Spieth. There are. Uh, 23 players within five strokes of the lead. So that's a lot. Well, Saturday's moving day, so we'll see, you know, what happens tomorrow. So let me ask you this, though. What do you feel about guys like Phil? And it's great to see Tom Watson, but in terms of chances of winning, like someone like a Phil, he's at 45, you know, uh, Jack Nicholas won at 46, even a Sergio. Do you feel like some of the, the older veterans have a realistic shot? This weekend? No. 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 I look at the leaderboard and I don't see any veterans that have any real shot. Uh so to me it's his young kids. It's it's I mean like a Brant Snedeker maybe. I like him. Yeah. Uh but there's there's no people, you know, in their forties. These are all uh, even like a Dustin Johnson's even and, and uh yeah, Rory's twenty six, twenty seven, George right. twenty two, those are the top two. So no yeah, I guess well, Davis Love the third is up there. He's, yeah, he's, no, he's, he's, he's coming back. Good for him. Yeah. He's making a little bit of a comeback. Too bad no comeback from Tiger, which we said. You and I said it, right? We did an episode with uh, with uh, Urban Daly. This was what, over two years ago. We basically threw out the question where we said that Tiger might be done. And, Ray, it's, it's coming to fruition that it looks like there might not be a, ma- a major left in that body. It's, um, I got to think you can still sneak one out. Um, okay. He, he's still talented, and all you need is one. So it's four days, and obviously the Masters is one of his most favorite course. Maybe if they play the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach or maybe if he another right. course that he really loves. You know, he's, he's a big British Open that. guy too. Uh, so it's possible. I don't know that he'll get to 18 or 19 to pass Jack Nicholas, but he is still got one in him. I, I think but, he still got one. But let me ask you this. Don't you feel, honestly, right now, now I love Dustin Johnson and, you know, it's mentioned Seneca and, and some of the other guys, Fowler or whatever, but the big three, I think there's a big three, and it's Spieth, Mac, uh, McElroy, and Day. Do you feel out of those three – that one will sort of raise to be the dominant star like a tiger or will most of the majors and, and major and big tournaments basically be around Robin with a couple of guys jumping in, but basically it's going to be, you know, Rory, Jordan, and, and, and Jason. Cause that's I how I feel. I feel like they uh, yeah, stand. Yeah, no, I agree with that. They stand alone. They do stand alone and they're young. They're not going anywhere. You know, there's Bubba Watson, and there's uh, Sergio Garcia, and there's a bunch of people that are in their 30s. Uh, I, I think the guys in the 40s are, are, are done. So I think it's, it's really this game has become uh, for the kids in their 20s. But only because the young guys are very talented. It's not just their youth. They're good golfers. Of course. Of yes. course. They, and every, every generation gets better. You know, Tiger 
well, look Tiger at changed the game. You gotta, look we at gotta all these guys. They're lean. Press. They're strong. Yeah, they drive. They putt. They cross train. They do whatever they need to do, and they all learn that playbook from Tiger. So right. I think you're right. Those three are going to win probably half the majors going forward for the next three to five years. All right, let's put it on the books. Who are you picking? I, you know, look, I, like I said, I, I can't switch it. I had Jason Day, so I'm going to ride with him. Who do you think is winning the Masters 2016? You know what? I'm going to go with Brant Snedeker. I think people really don't know him as much. He's a heck of a golfer. And mm-hmm. he shot a 71 and a 72, so right there, consistent. Rory McIlroy shot a 70 and a 71, so also very consistent. Your boy Dustin, your boy, uh, sorry, Jordan Spieth was 66, followed up by a 74. So which which Jordan is going to show up tomorrow? Uh, but I'll take Snedeker as kind of a long shot. I mean, not not that long, right? He's only nah. two to three strokes behind. But I'll, I'll say Brand Snedeker. Uh, you know, hey, you, you, you can't be mad at that one. It's uh, the one thing that you love about this tournament is that even the way Jordan has started because of the weather. I mean, we've got some good wind out there. People haven't been watching. And, you know, it's it, it could be open for, um, you know, for somebody to sort of come up and kind of, you know, take the reins. And, and wind up, you know, coming from behind over Jordan Spieth. But um, his game is pretty solid, Ray. So, you know, he's one of those guys that he could jump out to this lead. And, you know, if he's putting good and, and doesn't, you know, get so bad. If he doesn't pull a Ernie Els, poor Ernie Els. Uh, what, what, what did he get, a nine on the putting? On uh <laughs> Yeah, he was rough. on the green in three. I, you uh, know, that's something that amateur golfers do. But, but. I Ernie felt took bad it in stride. I did, but at least he's won before. He's a champion, so you can't rib yeah. him too badly. And it happens. The, the the thing is, I'm sure, maybe not to professionals that much, but I'm sure that any journalist covering golf that's ever played <laughs> golf, that's happened to them, happens to them probably once or twice around, you know? <laughs> no, so, definitely. That's definitely. unfortunate, but, but he took it in stride. Yeah. So let's jump to our, our segment. We haven't done it in a while where we kind of go through some questions. I mean, there's so much to talk about in the sports world. So we got only do four. We got six questions for you today. We're going to go fast and furious, quick hitting questions, quick hitting answers. And I'll let you begin with the first question. Ray's going to do one, three and five, and I'll do two, four and six. What you got for me? Hit me with a question. All right. I got to ask you if your boy, Story, Trevor Story, the story of Major League Baseball. Oh, yeah. For the Rockies, filling in for Jose Reyes, is going to hit 25 home runs or more this season. Well, his first four hits, he hit four. He did that in yep, Arizona. Right, and the ball travels there. But now he's going back to Colorado where we know about the Rockies in the stadium. I think this kid is not a crazy power hitter. But I'm going to go for 27 homers for Trevor Story, and maybe he's the story of the year, and this Rockies team is a little bit better than uh, anybody thought. So that's, uh, that's what I got to roll with. Now let me hit you. It's been in the news. Did our boy or your boy, Sam Hankey, do the right thing by stepping down for the 76ers as GM? You know, there were reports that the uh, – your boy can't, uh, Jerry Colangelo wanted to keep him around just as the analytic guy. But did, did, he, did he do the right thing by stepping down? And, Ray, did he leave the Sixers in a better place than where he, uh, you know, found them in when he first got there? So, yes and yes. I think he did the right thing by stepping down just because it's time to move on. And it might be time. time to move on from Scott Brown also. Oh, Brett, Brett Brown? No, Brett no, Brett Brown is a good coach. I, I think no, but you know what? You need a new start. You need a new start. You need a winning voice. And and I'm not saying he shouldn't get a job somewhere else. He really should, but not in Philly. I think at some point you need to say, okay, from now on we win. We win. We, nothing else is acceptable. And, yes, I do think the Sixers are a great, young, talented organization. I'd love to be their coach or their GM. I think six first-rounders in the next two or three years, something crazy like that. Okay. So, all right, so you, your turn. Hit me up. 
All right, so number three, should the Browns, Chargers, Cowboys, or Jets select a quarterback in the second round? And where do you see your your boy, Cardell Jones from Ohio State, fitting into any of those programs? Well, you know, it's so funny. I do think it's time for the Chargers and Cowboys, not the first round, they need more talent, but you got to get ready for 35 and 36-year-old Romo and Rivers. So I would say second or third round, they need to look at a Cook, a Cardell Jones, a Vernon Adams, people aren't talking about. And as far as Cardell, I can see him going to Cleveland, but I just think Cleveland, I don't think in that second round pick at number 32, they're going to take a quarterback. And maybe the Jets do. So I say somebody is going to take a quarterback in the second round, and it might be from one of those four teams. So I, I think, yeah, it should happen. And, and, and I think Cardell, some were saying third round, but I think he might slip up to the second round because all these quarterbacks are being propped up and pushed up, right? <laughs> so let me ask Great. you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, it, it's too funny. And I oh, can't wait for the draft. The 28th and our preview show, Monday, April 25th. Tune in with Ray and Tate today. We will give you our mock draft. Woof, I can't wait. All right, should, <clears throat> should the next head coach for the New York Knicks, Ray, for next season, should it be Mark Jackson, Kurt Rambis, or Kevin Ollie? Or, or even Brian Shaw. If you had to pick one of those four, who are you rolling with for the next Knicks head coach? If I had to pick it, I would pick Mark Jackson, the New York City boy, basically yeah. the architect of this Golden State team. However, yeah. Phil Jackson is the GM, and Phil is ah. going to get one of his guys. So yeah. it'll either be Kurt Rambis or Brian Shaw. Uh, that kind of hurts, hurts my feelings when you say that, but you know what? I feel you. <laughs> All right, so I got one for you now. Last okay. one. What's up with your boy Bomani Jones and his T-shirt? <laughs> and does this give you reason to pause and the thought of getting rid of the Braves, the Redskins, and the Indians mascots? Well, I'll say this. You know, this this topic has already been spoken about, but I think – always with the news cycle and everything, it kind of just goes away and maybe it shouldn't. So I actually applaud Bomani filling in for Golik. Golik was doing a great thing with diabetes down with the, in the White House. So Bomani fills in and he just wears this t-shirt that he knew would stir up some stuff and it said Caucasians and it had a, the emblem of a, a dollar sign and stuff like that. But I think it, it, it does, for anybody to be upset with it, I'll say this, right, because it was all over Twitter. If people are upset with it, well then guess what? then they sh- it's time for them to sort of look around and say, well, yeah, well, if you're upset with that, just imagine if it was a real team, you should be upset with the Braves, Redskins, and Indians. And I think we're all at the point where don't say it's because of money that you don't want to get rid of the mascot. That's crazy. Let's get rid of the Braves, Redskins, and Indians, and let's just get other na- names. There's no need for these slurs. It's, it's offensive. And just because, what, Native Americans don't have a voice, so we shouldn't do it? So I, I think I'm glad he wore it, and I hope the conversation doesn't fade away. I hope there is some real change. And I give a lot of people credit, and maybe we should do it too. A lot of people call the uh, Washington football team the, t- the football team for Washington. They don't say the name Redskins anymore. And maybe that's, maybe that's a way to start. Phil Simms is one of them. I applaud Phil Simms for doing it. So we could, all, we could all change, right? We could all change. So last question. <clears throat> should the great Peyton Manning – Go into broadcasting. <laughs> it's funny we're talking about Phil Simms because, ironically, it looks like it would be CBS and he would be taking Phil Simms' job to go with Phil Nance, which I don't think is fair. But should he go into broadcasting or ownership if it comes available to the Tennessee Titans or any other organization that would have him? What would you do? Because John Madden told him, don't go into broadcasting, which I think is strange. But what do you think for Peyton? I'd say go into broadcasting watch the league from a different perspective, and then go into ownership. So don't be a broadcaster for 30, 40 years, but go into broadcasting for two, three, four years, learn the league, learn all the players, all the teams, all the organizations, and then go back to Tennessee or New Orleans or wherever you can go be an owner. Right. I totally agree with you. you. I couldn't have said it better, right? So let's get to the NBA, man. 
before we go into what's going to happen and who's going to rest and who's going to play, what did you think about the Heat taking care of the Bulls last night? For all intents and purposes, the Bulls are pretty much done. And we'll talk about Hawks and Raptors, the two and three seed in a minute in their matchup. And then what did you think about the Warriors that are spanking, spanking and putting it on the Spurs last night? The Spurs were trying to play, by the way. I watched that game. And it just yeah. tells you that if everybody plays at 90%, the Golden State Warriors run away with this championship again. And I'm the mm. same guy that said they wouldn't get to 70 and they wouldn't get to 72, and but this team is for real, and they're young. So like everybody on the team says, I'm 25, I'm 22, I'm 26. Yeah, we're going for the record. <laughs> And they gave it to San Antonio. So San Antonio might be able to play them in a seven-game series. They might be able to give them some problems. But like I said, if everybody's on their game, they just play a style of basketball that the league hasn't caught up to. And what used to be considered bad shots are good shots. Do you realize Steph Curry shoots 45% from three? Now, usually the guys who shoot 45% from three don't shoot a lot of threes. But he shoots a ton of he shoots almost he's going to shoot almost what eight or nine hundred threes. So he's unbelievable. He, he's he's a really hard to guard. Shout out hard to guard basketball <laughs> player. And nobody has figured out the formula. I think they need another off season or two the rest of the NBA to catch up. So uh, very impressed with Golden State. The Bulls, like we said. We we apologize to their fans for hyping them up, and then they were second place just two three months ago. They were second place in the Eastern Conference, and they're not making the playoffs. So kudos to Detroit, kudos to the teams that are making the playoffs. But but Chicago, they need to rebuild around Jimmy Butler. It's uh, it's it's a sad situation, and for the Bulls and the Wizards, who are both supposed to be in the playoffs, they're not going to make it, and you. You almost hope that one of them gets a break and maybe it's good luck that they don't make it and they get, you know, a lottery pick or something or, or whatever, but you know, they're good organizations. So maybe they don't deserve it. Maybe you want Brooklyn, Philly or the Lakers, you know, to, to get the top three picks. Um, Interesting last night, the Hawks though, Ray, um, they took care of Toronto and that's the two, three matchup right now in the East. Basically, the East is set. It looks like the, the Pacers and Pistons, right? This is old uh, 80s, 90s hoops. Pacers, Pistons will be the seventh and the eighth seed. Um, do you – I don't know. What do you think about the, the Hawks at three and the Raptors at two? Could they handle the, the Hornets and, I guess, the Pacers? Let's say if that's the six, seven. And would they meet up in the second round? Basically, will the Raptors and Hawks survive those two teams to battle each other? And then are the Hawks actually maybe better than the Raptors? Well, Damari Carroll came back for the first time last night. He played 14 minutes. So that's got to help. Although integrating somebody back into the team with four games left before the playoffs is always hard. But, yeah, yeah, I think the Raptors – Indiana might win a game or two, but I think ultimately the Raptors take care of that series. And then Charlotte really doesn't have much playoff experience. They they got to the playoffs last year, but they were easy pickings. And I think the Hawks take care of them. Kemba is, again, another guy that I've underestimated his whole pro career. He's doing great, but I don't think there's enough there to take down Atlanta. So, yeah, I do think that one, two – uh, sorry, one, two, three, definitely advanced past the first round. The 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 one big series that I'm looking forward to is Woo! four, five Celtics well, Heat. I mean, that's, Miami, a coin, that's a coin toss right there. That's going to be a, actually a pretty darn good series because if you look at it on paper, you're like Miami sweeps them. But in terms of actually how these guys ball out and play, and by the way. I mean, let's give Riley some props for drafting this kid. Josh Richardson is a stud, Ray. You see how this kid is playing? Miami, oh God. You see how they're he's dangerous. Done? They yeah. are dangerous right now with Whiteside and Joe Johnson and Richardson. Any word on Bosch? Is Bosch going to make an appearance? I don't think so, but we'll keep an eye out on it maybe later in the series. Yeah, that would be fascinating. But I do like how they kind of do Whiteside and then – 
they go small ball, right? They, they've been doing Johnson, Dang, Wade, and Drogic, and you could even bring in Winslow and let Wade play some point. I like the versatility of this Heat uh, lineup. And Whiteside, it's kind of fascinating, right? We, we, we've talked about him last year and this year, but when he seems dialed in and focused, that guy looks like he's, he's ready to get 19 and 13 every night when he wants to play, right? Yeah, those big men are an enigma, right? Why didn't he get drafted? Well, part of it is upstairs. Part of it is big men develop late. But like you said, when he's on in a league that's running around and looks like Golden State, you know, with six eight six nine guys, it's nice to see a traditional big man playing big. And so he's doing that. Andre Drummond in Detroit's doing that. So, yeah, I want to see him in the playoffs. I want to see him also dominate because Boston really has no no size to speak of. So, you know, Jared Sollinger and Kelly Olenek. So it's going to be interesting to see if Hassan Whiteside can, can really imprint his name in this series. So before we go to the West, can the Pistons beat Cleveland one game? They could beat them one game. I think the, no. the Cavs might take them a little too lightly. Maybe Detroit basketball. Maybe it's 4-0 probably, but it could be 4-1. And your boy Labrizzi is still on Twitter. What, what, what did he do last night? Something about he wasn't paying attention to the Warriors' first game. He was watching something else or something. What's up with LeBron? Oh, I don't have there? time for him. Just play yeah. ball. You know what? If you're going to shut down, shut it down. You know, just, just concentrate. You're too, you're too talented. you got to believe Michael Jordan would not be on Twitter during his uh, playing career, right? If Twitter was around, I, I couldn't see Mike tweeting out. I just couldn't. You know, no, and remember, Bron Bron, you're still two and five in NBA Finals, man. You gotta get, you gotta get that better. Two and no, no, he's two and four, isn't he? Two and he's four, sorry, two and four, two and four. Yeah, two uh, with uh, Cleveland and two with my, uh, Miami. Yep. So you gotta improve on that. Yeah, you you definitely do. So let's go to the West, Ray. You get the props, man. You had no faith in this Houston team. And you were so right to believe so. They tricked me last weekend when they beat OKC that I started to take a sip of that little bit of Kool-Aid. But I I definitely didn't believe in them all year. And now, I mean, after losing to Phoenix last night, two games back in the loss column, it looks like it's over for Houston. And it's going to probably be Dallas and Utah, whether it's seven and eight or eight and seven. Right now, Dallas is seven and Utah is eight. Um, which we both think would be great for the Utah organization. Dallas had that big win up against Houston the other night. What would you think about that? Well, Dallas was up big in that game. Houston came back, though, and they, they took the lead, and they just couldn't hold on. And, and I said that was the critical game to me because if they beat Dallas, they obviously would have won and they would have put another loss on Dallas. So they would have definitely jumped right back into the mix. But once they lost that, and then they had back-to-back – but you figure Phoenix comes in, and they give up 124 to Phoenix. I mean, That's not crazy. only did you lose, but you gave 124 to a team that now Trevor Booker can play, and they got a couple of other players. But they're really not a team that should be scoring 124. So, to me, you're not serious. You're not a serious playoff contender. And it started to sniff of that when Kevin McHale was having some issues. And – Bickerstaff hasn't turned it around. So, yeah, that, that team, that Houston team is not for real. They need to be broken up. I feel like they're, they're not going to make the playoffs and they're cursed because the basketball guys did not like the fact that they fired McHale for no daggone good reason at all. You know what, what I mean? What if they get Brandon Ingram? Ooh. Uh-huh. Okay. Now, you, now, you, now you're trying to talk some stuff, some stuff and stuff, and that's going to be fascinating. This is not the greatest draft. I think next year's draft is going to be really pretty solid. The freshman class is ridiculous. And the year after that, 17 is going to be ridiculous. So, but I tell you right now, you know, you got, you know, maybe two or three stars and then a bunch of, you know, okay guys. Can't say Chris Dunn is okay, but, you know, he's up and down. And, you know, we know Denzel Valentine and Buddy Heald and, of course, Ingram and Simmons. But, um, you know, for me, I, I, you wonder, can Brooklyn, Philly, the Lakers, can they 
What if Minnesota gets the top pick? I mean, that's what's so crazy, right? Minnesota, with all this talent, and they beat the Warriors the other night, props to them. We love that Minnesota roster. But they could get the number one pick again. I mean, if you put uh, Simmons with um, with Carl Car- Anthony Towns, right? Ouch. Wow. <laughs> I mean, what do you think about Nikola that? Bekovic? I mean, yeah, that would give him size, and he doesn't need to be a star on that team. He just needs to learn how to play. And, you know, you got Levine, and, and they still have to figure out if, if the backcourt, if they like that backcourt, you know, and, and who's playing and, and who's situationally, who's I, on the court at the end of, the court, day, I don't the end think of game. Rubio right. I think it's time to get rid of Rubio. That's just me. I just uh, I I agree I agree I, I can't disagree with that I'm not sure who you get though remember they tra- they drafted Rubio and Johnny Flynn in the same draft and you <laughs> feel like their point guard situation in what like five picks apart or something like that they do need a point guard I I I think they need a point guard I don't think Zach Levine's the guy I think he's he's a maybe he's a six man I don't know but I but think yeah, he could, right. I think he could be a starter at either position. I don't have a problem with that. I, I really don't. I think he has to learn the point, but I think he's more of a two, and it's okay. He's not pure like 6'6". Six, six. He's like 6'4", but that's okay. But I think he could be, uh, you know, a starting uh, two guard with Wiggins at the three. But, Ray, before we get to baseball and the NFL, we have to end the NBA segment with this. The NBA season, what, ends, I think, Wednesday? We have the Lakers, yeah. their last home game uh, with against the Jazz. Kobe signs sneakers for CP3. You're the best competitor ever. Too bad we didn't get to play together, yada, yada, yada. But everybody wants to know, can the Warriors beat the Grizzlies twice and the Spurs to go 73-9? and nine? Should they go for it? I say yes. And will Kerr allow them to go for it? I'm sure he will. What do you think is going to happen, and how do these games play out? So here's the thing. It comes down to Grizzlies, Spurs, Grizzlies. Now, the last time they played the Grizzlies, they beat them by 50. So Grizzlies, on the one hand – They're kind of falling be, into the sixth seed right now, the Grizzlies. They're fading. Yeah, and they're, they're a little bit of – they're a little shell-shocked. So let's say they win tonight against the Grizzlies. No, it's tomorrow. They play tomorrow Saturday against Sunday, the Grizzlies. Yeah. Then they back. go back to back and they go to San Antonio. So if they lose to San Antonio, I'm pretty sure they're going to be very fired up and they'll win the next game. If they beat San Antonio, they will have tied Chicago and then – can the Grizzlies sneak up and take one from them? So I'm going to say they win 72, and either the Spurs or the Grizzlies beat them, and they tie the Bulls. So you're, you're kind of betting on the Spurs wanting to go 41-0 and at home? Because yeah. their last two home games against OKC and against the Warriors. As a matter of fact, when is that OKC game in the Spurs? That one I wasn't sure about. Uh, I think it's afterwards. Let me check. I'll check on that. Yeah, I think the Spurs might play tonight while Charlotte's playing. No, the Spurs play the Golden Golden Nuggets, the Denver Nuggets tonight. Okay. So then they play Sunday, so they must play them the last game, Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, so so then I think the Spurs, see, you just don't know with Pop, right? Are they going to go for it and pull out all the stops for that game to go 40-0 and 0 at home? Or does Pop be like, eh, who cares? We'll save it for the playoffs. We'll see, you. we'll see you in the Western Conference Finals. We're not showing you anything else. You just beat us the other night. See, I, I kind of think the Pop, Pop's going to rest his guys. I kind of think the Warriors will easily get the 73 because Memphis isn't really? going to have anything okay. for them. Yeah, Memphis is pretty much going to be locked in that sixth spot. Portland's been playing good. I think Portland's up on them in that spot right now. So, yeah, I, I, I think they wind up to 73-9, and nine, which, will be, which will be amazing. But could that potentially, this little extra gas that they're having to put on this, 
could that potentially hold them back from winning the, the chip? I think it might. I don't think so. I don't think so because here's the thing. You, you, you play round by round, right? So the very first opponent they're going to have is going to be Dallas, Utah, or Houston, right? So you got to think that's a 4-1 series at worst. And then you, then you gear up for the second round. So you're not tired enough from exerting yourself in the last three games that affects you beyond a round. I think it only would affect you in the first round. So maybe it costs you a game. Clippers, Utah, is Blake playing tonight? I think so. My my thing is they'll maybe they'll lose a game, maybe not. But I again they're all young. They're twenty. They're all twenty five. Yeah, yeah. They're They're fine. They're fine. It's It's definitely not physical to me. I think it's mental. So you say seventy two. I say seventy three. So let's let's end the show with a little bit. uh, We'll get to the baseball. Let's just just real quick in the NFL. Marvin Lewis. Gets a, a one-year deal, so he's not a, a, a you know walking lame duck coach, raised guy <laughs> of the Bengals. We got to get our Bengals caller to call in again. So Marvin gets a, an extension, so he has this year and next year. And yeah, you know there's some pressure on him. But like I say, before he came to town, it's not like uh, not like the Bengals were making a playoff. So don't just get rid of Marvin and be disrespectful because that guy. He, he made three other assistants head coaches in Hugh Jackson, Gruden, and um, Zimmerman, right? And Zimmer. Yeah. And so I think, uh, I think Marvin, look, he's got to get over the hump. But at the end of the day, you know, he's been battling Manning and, and Brady all these years. And people don't even consider that. It's not easy, right? It, Don Shula wasn't doing anything with Marina. All those years, Don Shula couldn't get back to nothing. So it's perfect too. Yeah. So and yeah, exactly. And the Steelers and their great, you know, teams that they've had. So I think Marvin has been competing against a lot. And the fact that he's been in the playoffs what five years in a row now, I, I can't, I can't really knock him. You got to um, get out of know. the first round. Yeah, I mean, just ask Jet fans if you'd be happy to make the playoffs five years, five years in a row. <laughs> okay. So, and then DeBrickishaw retires, Ray, not a Hall of Famer, but a darn, Hall of Famer of the Jets and a darn good player. We're going to miss DeBrickishaw Ferguson. He retires kind of early at 32. I don't know personally if he had a ton of concussions. I do know our boy from Heart of Guard, Edgar Burgos, introduced his uh, wife to him. So shout out to, to them and we wish them well, DeBrickishaw and his family. Um, does that change the Jets? priorities for the first round do they try to trade up to get a, a, a tackle maybe now to get Rod, Rod, Ronnie Stanley from Notre Dame or do they stay at 20 and see if they can still get somebody I mean or, or, or they go well, you're second not round? Only losing a tackle you're losing a left tackle and you're losing him in April in April so uh, well at least it's before the draft well they're saying they can trade for Clady now that's remember the Broncos still want to move Clady because they want to get in Kaepernick so I think that that's a perfect deal right there. Do you think that yeah, goes down? Yeah, I guess down? nine million it frees up nine million, but the Jets don't have much cap space, so they have to do some financial maneuvering. The one thing about the Brickershaw Ferguson, like you said, wasn't great Hall of Famer, but was always there. Always oh, had his so lunch bucket. They had a stat. Listen to this. Uh-huh. He was in the league ten years. Ten years means 160 regular season games. He played in all 160. He played in all but one offensive snap his whole career. The only snap he missed was on a on a freaky deaky play where Darrell Revis was the left tackle, and they did some kind of okie doke play. So talk about the best ability is availability, and this guy was available. So. Kudos to DeBrickishaw. Whatever you did in the off season and conditioning and training and the weight room and the, and you know locker room, whatever you oh, did. Oh, a lot and of charity work. He's great. No, I'm just saying. I'm talking about on the field. Yeah, off the field. No, no, no. He's a great guy too. But just the ability to be there day in and day out in a sport as brutal as football for ten years. That's amazing. Yeah. No, no, no. Definitely. I mean, the brick, as they call him, the brick. Um, you know, he, I, I feel that the Jets 
for the past 10 years have actually been a top three offensive line every year. And it's because of the Brickershaw Ferguson and Nick Mango. And so that right there is something, you know, to, to give props to. And, you know, he, he's going to be missed, man. I mean, you can't, you can't say, you know, too much else about, you know, him and, and, and just his career. Um, he went to two AFC championships, right? He was part yep, of that. Mark, Mark Sanchez. And, and, <laughs> and, With the sanitized. Oh, gosh, you know, and, and, and that whole situation. So, you know, look, you, you love it. And the NFL game is, is not easy. It, it really isn't. And we're seeing so many different guys. That's the question I want to ask you, though. Is it, you know, 32 is, is not old, even in the NFL for certain positions. It, are you sort of, you know, last couple of weeks, we've seen other guys retire and um, uh, the, what was it, the safety of the corner who's seen um, Abdullah, uh, seen Abdullah, yeah, yeah. I, I so, tell I mean, you, it's, it's it's a situation where people are, if you're thinking twice about it, more and more people are retiring, and yeah. it's a couple of things happening. I think number one, it's the concussions, it's the knowledge of the health risks, and also because more money to the football players, more money. So even though you're leaving more money on the table, you've made hopefully enough money to set you and your family up. So yeah, it's hard to leave whatever, eight, ten million dollars on the table, but if you've made that money for the last ten years, then at least you've socked some money away and you set your family up. So kudos to these football players that don't have to play for the money and retire when you want to retire. This game is so brutal that Take it for all it's worth. As long as you enjoy it, as long as your health is okay, play ball. And the minute it's not, then pull the plug. Yeah, no, I'd have to agree with that because, you know, it's it's brutal. If you leave the game too late, what could happen, you know what I mean, in terms of just your physical health, your mental health. And, you know, a lot of these guys have young kids. You know, I think the Brickershaw does, and he's he's got his mental health, you know. He hasn't had a ton of concussions that I'm aware of, and he's like, hey, I'm 32. I probably can get a job in New York sports broadcasting somewhere. He's well-loved by Jets Nation, so props to him. And, you know, hey, we wish him well, and um, we'll be talking NFL draft the next couple of shows. We're going to – Ray and Tay, not only will we have the preview on the 25th, but maybe next week. This, this year, there is a ton of quarterbacks. Now, we just talked about it in our Fast and Furious segment. We've got the three in the first round. You've got a bunch maybe in the second round. But, I mean, besides, you know, the big three, and then you've got Vernon Adams and Kessler and Hackenberg and Cardell Jones and, and, you know, so many guys, Boykins that people forgot about. So what we're going to do is we did this a couple years ago. We're going to place the quarterbacks on what team we think they'll go to. So that should be kind of fun just to get you ready for the NFL draft because it's that season, Ray. Are you excited? They released the preseason schedule and all that stuff. So, you know, it, it, there's a lot of stuff yeah, to talk and, about. Yeah, and the draft we'll, in Chicago too, so it's kind of a little different flavor to it. Oh, yeah. Well, last year they did a great job, so they get it back to back. They get the Drake. What's up with Good Odell Beckham? I, did you hear about Odell Beckham living with Drake? What's, what's going on with that? No, I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, man. That's that's something ODB for ODB and Drake? Yeah, that's something for our friends at uh, Tink Sports, man. OD Beckham, Odell Beckham's living with Drake. That's kind of interesting. But listen, let's end the show strong with some baseball. There's a couple teams, Ray. We talked about Trevor well, first, Wait, wait, wait. First, we got to update the injury news. They just came out. I don't know if you saw it. Uh-oh. It was against your Arizona team there. But uh, Kyle Schwarber. Yes. The great uh, prospect catcher and outfielder. What a, uh, out for the season. No. Yeah. The, De- he ran into Dexter Fowler. Yeah. On a, on a fly ball deep to the gap. Gene Segura hits the ball deep to the gap in left center field, and boom, ACL, MCL, done for the season. Well, he was ran on into Dexter Fowler. Wow, Ray. That was. That was a rough hit. Anybody that saw it or saw the highlights on SportsCenter, it was brutal. 
Uh, very sad, and you hate to hear that for the Cubs. You hope that they can, he can come back healthy and the Cubs can withstand that, and we don't have to get into the curse of the Billy Goat and all that stuff. But let's talk about, look, early season. We, we talked about Trevor's story, great story. Robinson Cano with the Mariners is, you know, hitting like crazy, and the Mariners are looking good. But I want to ask you about a couple of these teams. Just your quick thoughts on these teams starting off great. You got the Reds. Um, doing well, starting off great. You know, the Cubs had started off, you know, well. They were undefeated. The whole, the whole Central, right? It was the Reds, the Pirates. They were all 3-0. Cubs, Reds, and Pirates. You got the Orioles playing great. The Tigers, they beat the Yankees today. What do you think about these teams that are still undefeated and, and how they're playing so far? So let's go through the list. You got Baltimore at 3-0. Yeah. I think that's a little bit of uh, fool's gold. They'll they'll drop down. I mean, they, this AL East, I think every team will be between 80 and 88 wins. So okay. I don't know that the that the Orioles are going to get the division's not going to run away from them. But I think that's they're not really for real. Right. The Tigers are three and zero now. If they can pitch, we all know they can hit. But I yeah. just think that um, again that division's too tough. I think Kansas City, Cleveland, your Chicago White Sox. So they're going to come back. And Cabrera the went deep on the Yankees today. First time since 2013, August of 2013. Yeah. The interesting part about the, the other three are they're all in the, in the NL Central. Wow. The Reds, the Cubs, and the Pirates. Now, the St. Louis Cardinals are 0-3, and I have them <laughs> making the playoffs, so they'll be fine. But But you know Chicago's good, and you know Pittsburgh's still pretty good. The Cincinnati Reds, could they surprise us? No uh, Frazier, but I don't know. I, I, I think Jay Bruce going deep, baby. Him and Votto, you got to love it. Jay Bruce, Zach Cozart, and Suarez, Votto, and Phillips, the two. I love uh, it. Well, remember, that was Kate picked them to come in last so that they could potentially do good. And it's working. Oh I love God. it. Oh, my God. Billy Hamilton stealing your wallet. On his way let's to go. stealing home. Let's uh, go. Red. Let's go. I I like this team. I mean, as as a longtime baseball fan, but that division is so tough. When you have to play the Cubs, the Pirates, and the Cardinals. Right. No, no. I don't think they have the pitching time. staff to hold up. And let's be fair. The first three games were against the Phillies, which we joked about in our baseball preview show. All so time worst. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's let's call a spade a spade. Um, how about the Mariners? Mariners and Giants have been putting up some runs. They each have one loss, but Ray, they're playing great baseball. We said the roster's there, so it's really yeah. just a matter of execution. And your boy Robinson could know, said, you know, there's a reason why I'm making $240 million. <laughs> Two years ago, I signed that big contract. So good to see Robbie back having fun, that sweet left-handed short. Now, you got to admit, I'm a lefty. But in golf, in baseball, no, maybe in basketball too, but definitely in golf and baseball, that yeah. left-handed stroke is so beautiful. And when you're on and when you're hitting the ball level, it just is beautiful. It's beautiful. And Robinson Cano is, is back to uh, – I don't know if it'll it'll continue past April, May, June, but Robinson Cano is back to hitting the way he did with the Yankees. How about the offense of the Mets? They win, what, 7-2 to today, and the Mets are scoring runs, which is something that, you know, people didn't know how good their offense would be. That's a good sign for Mets fans, would you think, with all that pitching? If the Mets can score everybody's consistently, in trouble. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's in trouble. trouble. The, Mets are, the Mets are, you know, uh, <laughs> potentially have an all-time – Great pitching staff. Now, again, it was against the Phillies, so again, we're back to those same Phillies, right? And, and Jacob DeGrom took care of business, but my guy, you're, that's your guy, right? But but a good sign was Neil Walker hitting from the yes. fifth, from the fifth spot, right? Conforto with the three RBI, so five RBI from Neil Walker and Conforto. So. I, I tell you That's what, the team to me is Michael Conforto. I really do like him, and I think that he was probably a year too 
early, early. in the yeah. playoffs to make a, to... a big splash, but he's ready. He's ready. Okay. And, you know, your assessment can opt out. I don't know if he will because I don't know who's going to pay him $27 million. But, no, you know, to me, this team is really Michael Conforto's team, certainly in the outfield in, in the long run. That's fair. That's fair. What, let me ask you this, though. Should fans be concerned for, you know, maybe that early excitement and hope out here in the desert? Everybody, you know, was excited. Now, look, you know, before our show, I, I, I was big on Arizona, but then I didn't realize about A.J. Pollock being out for four months. You know, even that, to me, would bring the Diamondbacks probably back a little bit from winning the division, and I'd probably give it to the Dodgers or Giants. But right now, you know, you got Lamb hitting great, and they were scoring runs, but the pitching staff, the ERA pitching staff is 10 it's 10.3 like, right now for the Diamondbacks. That is horrible. Granke, Shelby Miller, and, and Corbett, they've been killed. Their pitching has been horrible facing the Cubs and the uh, Rockies. And the Padres, Ray, they haven't scored a run. I don't know if they scored today yet. But they did. So finally, they scored a run. Finally yeah. scored a run. But they're, to, they're winning today 11-5 against Colorado. Oh, there you go. So they're about to be 1-3. But the D-backs starting off 1-3. Padres one and three. Should Arizona fans be concerned, or do you think Owens and my man Socrates Burrito will will step in for um, for AJ Pollock and outfield? I'm not a fan of the Diamondbacks this season. I think they are a 70-80 win team. That NLS is tough. Um, I think the Giants are much better. I think the Dodgers are much better. So, to me, they're fighting for that number three spot. And if you think Colorado is much improved, then that's even tougher to to be a contender in that division. I don't really love their lineup. You know, Segura, Goldschmidt, but then you've got guys like David Peralta and Castillo and Jake Lamb, Yasmani Tomas. I mean, these guys are just okay. I, I don't know that in that brutal, you know, NL West, and, and if your pitchers have a slump, if they are not pitching well for a week or two, uh, I, I don't know. I'm not a fan of this Diamondback roster. Uh, you just made fans in the desert kind of upset. Now, see, listen, this is going to get personal because you don't show enough love to the Arizona yeah. Cardinals. So I think the the fans in the desert are like, yo, when is when when's Ray coming to town? We got we got knuckle sandwiches for him. They 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 listen and they're ready for you, man. You better. By the way, can I just tell you that your boy Story has hit two home runs today? So he's at again? six. He had wow. three for five with four RBI, two home runs, and now it's a final thirteen six. The Padres beat the Rockies. Wow, Ray. I think we could be talking about rookie of the year in the NL uh, over what we both thought was going to be Corey Seager. I mean, with a start like this, he could be MVP. These yeah. numbers are ridiculous. I don't know if he'll keep it up, but th- th- this is just well, ridiculous. Well, yeah, remember, you got me on the books. I said 27 homers for this kid, so let's see what happens. Wow, that's impressive. And what happens when Jose Reyes comes back? I mean, I guess Jose Reyes can't break the lineup. Uh, He better learn how to play the outfield, right? That's what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Good for the Padres. Good for the Padres, though. They got to win on the road. DJ LeMayu, does he have to be concerned that that, uh, Jose Reyes might take his job? Maybe they just trade Reyes back to the American League. salary, though. Nobody wants that salary. Hey, listen, Reyes will have to earn his playing time. Nothing wrong with that. But but you got to be happy for the Padres. When you don't score for the first three games, to break out with 13 runs, good for them, right? They, they want to prove they're still a professional team. <laughs> right. So, no, absolutely, well, yeah. absolutely. So, Larte like and Kemp each with four RBIs today. So, that that's nice to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Gervis. Remember him from his Yankee days. So, Larte. I do, I do, I do. Listen, great show. We're going to have uh, – oh, how about this game? I've got to end the show, Ray, so I could go watch the Knicks at the Sixers. 55-49, great NBA basketball, Knicks and Sixers. Uh, yikes. Knicks fans, it's going to be okay. It's going to get better one day. I promise. I really promise, you know. 
Most disappointing team of the season, though, Ray. We haven't spoken about it, but how about those Milwaukee Bucks? They're losing right now to Boston, Uh, or they're beating Boston right now. We had them. Doesn't matter. They're thirty-two and forty-six. We both had them in the playoffs. Redmond Rowe. Jason Kidd had them, thinking that they could win and be winners, and. Uh, our boy Antetokounmpo is is quite a player, and Williams and the addition of Monroe and Chris Middleton. Carter Williams, none of it worked. It did not work. It, it just didn't work. And in, in an East that's not that good. I mean, they're they're and Jabari. They're okay. Very disappointed in them. I mean, what, what's their what's their highlight of the season? Beating Golden State. I guess. <laughs> yeah. I guess. So watch the games. Watch the Warriors Saturday and Sunday. Going for history. And enjoy the Masters. Always fun. Let's see if uh, young Speed can go back-to-back. And um, we'll be back Monday to talk about it and recap it. Have a great sports weekend. And like always, thanks for listening. We're out. We're out.